0: To hashtag Travel Talks, it's your podcast on the latest digital trends in travel and tourism marketing, and here's your host Nolly Nicholas. Welcome to a new episode of Travelcast, and today I have the great pleasure to receive Barry Clements. So welcome, Barry.
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm looking forward to chatting to you today.
0: Thank you. So can you present yourself, please?
1: Can I introduce myself? Yes. So, as you said, my name is Barry Clements. I've been in the hospitality industry for over 25 years, Uh, currently representing a company called Portier Technologies, which uh, provides technology, as as the name suggests, to the hospitality industry. I look after all the commercial activities on the global level. Um, I've been a judge for South African Tourism Awards for a couple of years. I speak at a lot of different conferences Uh, on the subject related to specifically technology and in tourism and hospitality in general, so I live and I breathe hospitality and tourism every day of my life. That's what I do.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So I contact you because you you are going to speak to the WTM Africa on the topic uh, the fear of implementing technology into the hospitality sector. So, can you tell us what are those fear?
1: So that WTM Africa already happened actually in May this year. Yeah, uh, But I'll be touching the same subjects uh, a little bit, quite uh, frankly, next week already. There's the African Tourism Leadership Forum in, in Durban. Another fantastic event, uh, slightly different. It, it's more focused on the industry and what's happening and bringing the different leaders together to make sure that specifically intra-Africa travel improves and then uh, looking at regulations and so on. But the biggest thing with technology in the hospitality and tourism sector, which is, is, is very strange, is that globally there's more and more technology available. Uh, it's becoming cheaper and so on. But different uh, researchers that have been done by, for instance, Deloitte and Tush, um, they found that over the last five years hospitality industries actually started to spend less money on technology uh in in a percentage wise against revenues where quite frankly there's a much bigger need and there's much more available out there and uh, but the ma- they, they're going backwards and in, in, in adapting to it and i think there's a lot of different reasons for that um but what I always say in those presentations is that I think it's it's more an excuse than an actual reason.
0: And what are the excuses?
1: So so before I go there, I mean, let me tell you about my feelings about the hospitality technology as, yes, yes. or about the hospitality industry as such. For me, hospitality is about serving the guest, making sure that people get to travel and when they do, that they enjoy this day, they've got a good experience. We are there to serve the people. And having lived in, in Africa for the last 25 years, now back in London uh, recently, but having lived in Africa, a lot of people, when they travel, it's still a luxury. A lot of people have very low income and they actually saved a whole year to take their family on a holiday. And as much as there's a lot of poverty and and, and and the income is low, people are accustomed now to certain comfort creatures. They have Wi-Fi at home. They have satellite television. Um, everything is comfortable, and they're expecting those cool creatures at, at a hotel. And in 2019, to still have hotels where you actually have to pay for Wi-Fi is, is, is quite unusual. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and then... So what happens is there's been um, other Oracle data research recently as well, and they actually found that people want technology. So one of the examples is that 65% of the people staying at a hotel would actually like to be able to either get a message or influence the time of day that their rooms get serviced. Mm -hmm. And 69% of people that are regular travelers actually want hotels to invest more money in technology because there is so much available out there. So as a hospitality business being in the industry, we are there to service the people and make sure they've got a great experience. So we should listen to what they would like, right? So what are those excuses? Now, one of those is is CapEx, financials, they need money. And yes, things cost money. It, it things are expensive. Uh, not everything is always cheap. So fair. It's it's a fair comment. Uh, there's a lot of properties that are dealing with finances and they, they're struggling a little bit. But the reality is that when you go out and you've got a problem with your swim pool, or you need new mattresses for your rooms. Mm-hmm. You make a plan. You find the money, right? Because if your mattresses are terrible, your guests are not going to be happy and they're not going to stay. When the pool is not looking good, people are not going to want to stay with you. That's true. It's simple as that. So, So why can we find money for those type of items, but we cannot find money for the technology? Guests are expecting it. And if your neighbor invests, in the technology, and you lose the business to them, how much money is that going to cost you? And I think that's a, something that a lot of people forget. So I, I think that's important to, to note. Then the other thing people say, hospitality is about people. When you, in, when you introduce too much technology, you're going to lose the human touch. Could be a fair point in that. There might be certain things that are being replaced. But at the same time, it opens up a lot of other opportunities. So think about it this way. Part of my job is is I travel constantly. I, I spend more time in hotels than at my house. Okay. So I come to a hotel and there's hotels that I stay at regularly or even if it's a new one. Normally when you make a booking, they take your credit card details. They take a copy of your, your government ID or whatever you may bring. They ask for your address. They ask for your length of stay. They ask you a whole bunch of questions. But nine out of 10 times when I reach the hotel, I still get asked for a copy of my passport. I still get asked for my credit card. I still have to fill in a form with my phone number, my email address, my address, all of those items. It takes a couple of minutes. If we adopt technology properly and make sure all those information is already there, instead of, of spending two or three minutes completing a form, signing it, I can have actually face-to-face direct contact with that front office person where that person can spend that time talking to me about the great facilities available at the hotel, the restaurant, would I like to make a booking for the spa, you look tired, you had a long trip, would you not like a nice massage, whatever it may be. But that time can then be spent on upselling to me Rather than just looking down at a computer screen, waiting for me to complete that document, I mean, it, 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 it's stupid little things. That it's, and, and it's just one example. There is so much more.
0: No, I understand because I I knew this also. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It, it's very sad,
1: uh, and it can make life so much easier. The other thing is is a lack of understanding.
0: Yeah, especially that's this. This kind of process can be done before you arrive to the hotel. I don't know, you can fill out an um, electronic form in which you put all the information and the copy of your card and so on. And you have to check in physically to the hotel, but no form to fill out with your pen.
1: But the reality is, yes, it can be done before. And, but nine out of ten times, you've already done it, but you still have to do it again because the systems are not working properly. And, and that's the big frustration. I mean, even if you book on booking.com, you have to put your address there, your phone number is there. Okay, they'll take a fictive, uh, fictive uh, email address. But the reality is they've got an email address, they've got your phone number, they've got your address, they've got your credit card information. Why must you give it again? So there's, there's lots of ways to overcome. And that's just one example we're talking about. Another thing that, that frustrates me a lot is when you arrive in a new country, especially countries where you require a visa. So now you've done your visa application, <laughs> you've taught them where you're going to stay, how long you're going to stay, where you're going to arrive, and, and, and. Yet, on arrival, you have to complete an arrival form. It's a waste of paper. It, it, it's, it's, those things can all be and should all be in, more integrated. Um, And then some countries even have to complete the departure form. I mean, it's just crazy. They're going to stamp everything anyway. It's anyway sitting on a system. It just frustrates me. I mean, from a sustainability, from a eco-friendly perspective, there's just so much more we can do. Mm -hmm. Then a lack of understanding. People say, you know, it's nice, but we don't understand how it works or why it needs to be there or what it can do for us. And again, for me, that's an excuse because let's be honest, guys, it's 2019. And there's this wonderful thing. I'm, I'm sure people discovered it. And if you're listening to us now, you have. It's called the internet. Everything is available there. Yeah. Do your research. It's online. It's available. People know. There will be people talking about it for it. There will be people talking against it. You can find positive and negative in everything. It's all there online. Read, research, and make your decision. So there's no reason to say, I don't understand. I don't know what it's about. Uh, because it's all there and that's why you've got experts in the industry as well you consult people that's why they're there so so that's another reason then the next one is uh, complexity of change it's difficult it's a long process so here there's a couple of things at play uh, For me the one big thing here is that unfortunately inherently people are lazy and that's just the reality. In any industry, it's not just hospitality. Inherently, people are lazy. People don't want to work hard. Yeah. Um, yes, there's exceptions and there's people that do, but as an average, people just want things to be easy.
0: And also, I think people are afraid of change also because they have to learn again also. Correct. So it's better to say, we used to say that way, it works. So we don't change.
1: It works. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's going to stop working or how would it be if it's working now, but how would it be if it worked a lot better or a little quicker or easier? So maybe you have to put in some effort up front, but in the long run, it will make your life a lot easier. Uh, And what for me is interesting, actually, that most resistance, if it comes to technology, comes from the IT guys, which is is quite interesting. (laughs) But again, let's let's take this to a practical example. Um, We say complexity of change is a lot of work and so on. Now, most hotels around the world have a restaurant. In that restaurant, they serve a menu. That menu, they change every couple of months. They Maybe with the season, at least twice a year, they implement a full new menu in that restaurant. So how does that process work? The chef needs to do some research. They need to find out from their clients what do they like, what sells well, what doesn't sell well. They need to find the suppliers. They need to source recipes. Um, They need to train their staff. They need to change the collateral. They need to change their point of sale systems. Um, They need to do more training with the kitchen staff. And sometimes when there's quite a big change, they even have to make layout changes to the kitchen because the workflow doesn't work for that specific menu. The long and short of it is they do research, market research, uh, find the pricing, do training, print new collateral, and, and get things going. There's a whole long, big process. Mm-hmm. But nobody breaks a sweat. Nobody asks, should we do this? Is Do we really need to change the menu? Will, do people then We've got enough items on there. People can have different things on it. Do we really have to change? Nobody questions because they say it's something that we need to do. And it's a process, it's complex, different things involved, but they do it without question. Why can we not do the same thing for technology?
0: Uh, I don't know, maybe it's due to the, I don't know, the stakeholders. Maybe they they see that things are working well, so we need to change.
1: So the only constant in life is change, Mm -hmm. as we all know. Things are changing all the time. If you don't change, you'll die. And I think that's been proven uh, by many big international companies around the world, Kodak is no more because they didn't want to adapt to digital photography. Uh, just as uh, one example, and I know we all know many of them. There's one more that, that we regularly get, and that is return on investment. Mm. How do we measure return on investment? On technology on technology. So certain parts, it, it's, it's relatively easy. If you have a, um, a revenue management system that automates all of that, you can see how did you do before against new. But certain things, you, you it's going to be very hard to measure. Does it bring you any revenue? And actually, quite frankly, there might be items that don't bring you any direct revenue at all. Uh, but it might enhance the guest satisfaction. It might enhance return business But how can you measure that? It's really, really difficult because how do you put a number to that? Um, So the example I use in in this type of discussions is that, look, look, true. It might not, you might not be able to to put a number to the return on investment. However, uh, probably, what's it now, 30, 40 years ago, whatever it may be, we all watched TV on a little box. And if we wanted to change the channel, we had to get up from the couch, change the channel physically on the TV. And then one day there was this company, and I I don't even know who they were. I think it was Philips or Sony, but anyway. They woke up and they said, guys, let's create a remote control so people can sit on the couch and change the channels. Nobody in that company, I'm pretty sure, was able to say, we are going to sell so many more TVs and this is going to work and it's going to take off. That was a lot of money went into development of it to get all that to work, Um, not knowing if people would really like it. Uh, People say, oh, probably it will work, but they wouldn't know exactly what they're going to do. All I knew, all we know now is that if you did not create a remote control for your TV, you would not be selling a single TV anymore. You would be out of business. No. And I think it's very similar with, with technology. If you're not going to invest in technology, if you are not going to enhance the experience and cater for what guests want at your property, you will not have business. People will go to your neighbor. And again, return on investment, what is going to be the cost of not, not, not investing? It's probably going to be a lot higher because if you don't invest and you do it later, A, you're behind the, the curve already and it's going to cost you a lot more in marketing and sales activities to try and get that old business back that you've lost.
0: And do you think that the hospitality industry was has a lack of courage? It allows to the development of startup like Airbnb
1: So I I think one of the challenges that that we've got in in hospitality, and especially when we're looking at the more higher end of properties around the world, if you look at the average general manager at these type of properties, even at the senior leadership of of the bigger groups, uh, and I specifically see this in Africa, we are looking at people well into their 50s, 60s, and some even 70s. They are very set in their ways. They're very comfortable with what they know. And they've run their businesses very successfully for many, many years. Uh, and they still are. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's not like the business is falling down. But with the changes happening today in the industry, in life in general, if you are not going to change that, you, you're going to have an issue. So I have uh, see a very big skills gap from between your average general manager at a hotel or your HRD up to senior group level. That there's massive skills gap and, and specifically in Africa again. And I think if that's not managed carefully and properly, that there's going to be some serious issues.
0: Okay, so you told about, let's say, the, the problem. So what are the solutions for keeping up with technology?
1: So I I think, I think the solution is, is number one, don't be afraid to employ some younger people that I've maybe got a more open mind to to this type of thing. Uh, But secondly, have an open mind to it in general. Seek advice, listen to people, uh, see what others are doing. Think about some other examples. So 10, 15 years ago, when you wanted to make a booking for a hotel, you had to go to their website, you had to send them an email, Uh, was up and down, whatever. Nowadays, everything is instant online through different OTAs, direct booking engines at the hotel and all of that. Everybody adapted to that. The people that adapted to that quickly took the benefits. People that took their time lost a lot of business and some even went out of business because they didn't adopt quickly enough. And this this is a very simple example. And it is very similar. Um, And there's many different things in technology. You can have all traditional hotel with proper five-star service, all of those things, but people are expecting basics. They want privacy as well. They don't want somebody looking over them all the time. So to have maybe a device that the people can actually just call the concierge or ask, I mean, it also overcomes language barriers. And there's people, people are different. Uh, if, If you look, and I think one thing that we also need to remember is that you've got your generation, X, Y, Z, you name it. The average person that's going to be traveling in 2025 is still in school today. Look at those people. What are they wanting now? And knowing that the at the rate technology develops if, if you don't keep up now you, you're going to have such a big gap that it's almost going to be impossible to fill
0: Okay, so Barry, thank you for your insights so now a more personal question for you is what was your most memorable travel?
1: My most memorable travel? Yeah. Sure. That's a difficult one <laughs> I know. Um, if, if just to give you an idea of of my travel, I have just this year I've been on over seventy flights. I've been to I think eighteen or nineteen countries. Um, most memorable travel, I I don't know of the answer there. One thing I do say in terms of destination, mm-hmm. uh, one of the destinations I totally enjoy is is Mauritius because I love the water, I love the beach. Uh, and that there's some very nice properties to do some proper relaxing. Uh, I love interacting with local communities and people as well uh, when I do travel. So uh, more remote areas work for me as well. But uh, to to just pick out one specific trip, I. I I can't really find something. One, I suppose one trip I can remember, maybe not for the right reasons, is that I had missed a flight in Johannesburg one day. Okay. Um and I had missed a flight and I needed to connect. And the only way to do this um, was to travel to Lesotho. And I was a bit silly from my side. I came from, from the south in, in, in Durban. And I chose the shortest route on the GPS, which was through the Sunny Pass. Now I was driving a 4x4, so no problem. Only issue was that that route going up the Sunny Pass was fine. But then the next 180 kilometers or so was the roads were so, so, so bad as well. It, it took me, I think, eight hours to drive 180 kilometers to oh. a rocky roads, late at night, no lightning. It, it was quite a, quite an interesting trip, I, I suppose I should say. Okay. Quite scary is maybe not the word, but yeah. It, it was a, a trip I won't easily forget. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: so. <laughs> so, Barry, we are going to finish the interview, so... How can I reach you on internet?
1: So, so the best way to call off me. Obviously, you can find me on LinkedIn. I've got my profile there under my name. Uh, you can send me an email. My email address is berry at goportier, uh, which is spelled as g o p o r t i e r dot com. Um, I'm available as well. Uh, maybe first send me an email, and uh, we can take it from there.
0: Okay so thank you Barry and uh, but I wish you all the best on your future travel
1: thank you so much thank you for having me on your show uh, much success with it I think it's important we tell the people what's out there and people should enjoy travel and make the most of it explore the, the world, explore countries and cultures it's fantastic okay.
0: yes you are right
1: so thank you you're welcome, have a great day